Globe podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. begin uh, praying in your bulletin. Either you have that on your app or you got a hard copy bulletin. If you have the app, by the way, you don't need to pick up a bulletin because it's in the app. So it's all right there. I want to pray this morning before I even get started on my sermon. I want to pray this morning for Pastor Joe Campo over at Christ Lutheran Church. Uh, Pastor Joe has been here for quite a while and there's a ministry happening at Christ Lutheran. We are a part of the church. This is not the church. The sanctuary is not the church. The sanctuary is a congregation. Christ Lutheran is another congregation. We are many congregations that make up the church. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to pray for the church. And Pastor Joe over at, again, Christ Lutheran is part of the church. And so since the beginning of the year, since January, we have been praying for different congregations every single week. I hope you join me in that. I'm going to be praying for Christ Lutheran all week long. So I want to encourage you to do the same. Uh, That's what what this is for every week. I, I I want to pray blessings on them. Here's why. Because their health means our health. When this congregation is healthy and this congregation is healthy and this congregation is healthy, the church becomes healthy. Everybody follow that? And so, but if there's, if there's unhealth, then there's unhealth to us as well. So we want to pray blessings on them. Father, I thank you for Christ Lutheran. I thank you for the work that Pastor Joe has had and has been doing. He's been accomplishing, again, bringing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray a blessing on them financially. I pray that the, even the message that goes out this morning, he's prepared a sermon. He is ready to deliver that. I pray for the worship, the children's ministries, youth ministries, the different things that are happening that they would run smoothly this morning because there are logistics in the midst of bringing a congregation together. It starts right in the parking lot. Confusion can happen, and I pray, Father God, smooth out the road this morning over at Christ Lutheran. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Let it be done. Well, we are going to finish up uh, the Gospel According to Pixar. The Gospel According to Pixar. This is the series that we've been in. Uh, we've only, we've, it's been a very short series, but the idea behind this series is that I'm really wanting us to become parable wise. And you hear that word parable wise, and you're like, what the heck is parable wise? Here's what happened oftentimes. Jesus would, Jesus would tell these stories, and they called them parables. Parables is a story with a point. You ever heard someone tell a story that had no point? <laughs> Have you ever told the story that had no point, right? Oh, man. It's like, what was I telling you that for, right? Okay. Jesus told these stories that had incredible points to them. Now, he would tell these stories, and here's what would happen. He'd be talking to a bunch of farmers. He'd be talking to a bunch of uh, uh, carpenters, etc. And he said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who goes out in a field. And it made sense to them because they were farmers who went out to fields. He'd be talking to fishermen. He said, the kingdom of God is like a bunch of fishermen who get a net full of fish. And they go, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Here's the thing. There are a lot of stories, listen, that we're hearing but we're not listening to. And so later in the book of Revelation, Jesus actually says this, for those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. And so often, we have stories that are presented to us and we just go, oh yeah, great. A lot of people laugh their way through these Pixar films, not realizing I'm watching the kingdom of God. 
if I have eyes to see. And so my desire in this series is that we would become parable wise. And so even as the subtitle says, it's not just entertainment, but it's wisdom for the realities of life and the complexities of the human heart. Pixar has spent millions and millions and millions of dollars understanding humanity. And then they throw it into this movie. And what they don't understand is humanity was built for the good news of Jesus. We were designed this way. There's this open space. And anytime you watch these films, and there's plenty of other films and plenty of other uh, companies that put out, uh, again, entertainment, we think of it as entertainment, but it has the good news in it. If we have eyes to see. And so this morning I want to talk to you about Inside Out. Uh, it was their last, uh, one, one of their last movies that had come out a few years ago. And it's the Gospels. The Gospel is in here. The good news is inside these Pixar films. This morning I want to talk to you about Inside Out. This is one of my favorite Pixar films. Actually, all of them are pretty much my favorite films, right? With the exception of Coco. I just watched Coco. I was like, all right, okay, all right, I'm good. You know, but it wasn't like, you know, Toy Story, like, whoa, wait a minute. The Incredibles, oh, man, okay. All right, anyway, Inside Out is a story of what every single one of us experience in this life. Emotions. All of us have emotions, Every single one of us. The big five emotions that earn a spot in the film's roster are joy, anger, fear, disgust, and sadness. We've all felt them. We've all expressed them, sometimes poorly, sometimes well. But these characters both cooperate and clash with one another as the family moves from Minnesota to San Francisco, praising God, no more snow, right? That's, I know that was the only thing they were thinking of. But here's a problem. Uh, they're all inside the head of this little girl named Riley who just so happens to be 11, so you can imagine what's happening inside of this 11-year-old's mind. Here is the introduction to Riley's crew of emotions beginning as she's an infant. She starts as an infant and introduced to her emotions. Watch this. attention to this console. This is the control, the console. And there she was. Hello. Riley. Oh, look at you. Aren't you a little bundle of joy? Memories are then stored. Looked at and retrieved at later dates. Back to the console. It was amazing. Just Riley and me forever. Three seconds. I'm sadness. Oh, hello. I, I'm joy. So, can I just, if you could, I just want to fix that. <laughs> Thanks. And that was just the beginning. 
Headquarters only got more crowded from there. Very nice. Okay, looks like you got this. Very good. Oh, that's right, Parent. Ah, look out! That's fear. He's really good at keeping Riley safe. Easy, easy, huh? Hi, back! Oh, we're good. We're good. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we're back. All right, open. Hmm, this looks new. Think it's safe? What is it? Uh, okay, caution. There is a dangerous smell, people. Hold on, what is that? <laughs> this is disgust. She basically keeps Riley from being poisoned, physically and socially. That is not brightly colored or shaped like a dinosaur. Hold on, guys. It's broccoli! Yes! Saved our lives. Ooh. Yeah, you're welcome. Riley, if you don't eat your dinner, you're not gonna get any dessert. Wait, did he just say we couldn't have dessert? That's anger. He cares very deeply about things being fake. So that's how you wanna play it, old man? No dessert? Oh, sure. We'll eat our dinner right after you eat this. Ah! Right, right. Here comes an airplane. Ah! Oh, airplane. We got an airplane, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And you've met Sadness. She, well, she. I'm not actually sure what she does. And I've checked, there's no place for her to go. So she's good, we're good, it's all great. Anyway, these are Riley's memories and they're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. So there's the introduction to her emotions. Again, uh, the dynamic between the world outside Riley's head and the emotional competition that's going on inside is insightful, it's hilarious. If you haven't seen this film, I, it's so well-researched and again, so creative in its display of our daily experiences through the eyes of emotions. How we, how we deal with our own emotions, and which, is, which brings me to this, this first point on your fill in the blanks. The main premise of the movie, spot on, we should be aware that of our emotions and each emotion has value. So you wanna fill that in, they'll pull that up for you. We should be aware of our emotions and each emotion has value. Most of the times we're just not aware of our emotions. It's what's been called mixed emotions. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, I don't know what I'm feeling. But I don't know if I'm angry or afraid. I don't know if I, you know, uh, I feel this thing going on inside. But each of these emotions are, are valuable to us. Let me walk you through the five, again, that made it on the roster for this film. Joy is the self-appointed quarterback. She is in charge of everything, and it's her, in her mind... Uh, she believes it's their collective goal, all of these emotions. Our collective goal is to make Riley happy. That's the idea. She needs to be happy all the time, right? And then all of a sudden along comes sadness, and she tries to bring in some input into the whole issue, and Joy responds with this syrupy, sweet control, like, you know, well, that's the opposite of what we're looking for. Why don't you move over here? We don't need any sadness in our lives. We just want to be happy, right? But through a series of events, Joy learns that sadness actually has a role too. It's a natural emotion for us. Sadness is a natural emotion in the face of loss. And eventually it helps Riley understand and appreciate the loving bonds that she has and she returns to her family it's later in the film. But if sadness is necessary to our emotional well-being, then by implication, so is fear. 
Fear protects us from harm. And when it's healthy, it can be a voice of reason. It's like, mm, I don't think we should jump off of this bridge. This is probably not a good idea. Right? There, there's, there's, there's part of it. And then you have anger, which, listen to me, I want you to understand this. Anger is not a negative emotion if it's expressed in the right way toward the right things. It's not, it's not wrong to be angry, but how we express that anger is often wrong. And then finally, rounding it all off is disgust. Disgust is highly opinionated. That's disgusting. And other people go, no, I love it. Highly opinionated, extremely honest, and usually with the best of intentions, disgust refuses to lower its standards. I tried it once, I'll never try it again. That's disgust. So, so you have all these emotions. Now, you and I both know, at least I hope we know, and this is your second blank, happiness isn't the only goal of emotional health. Please write that in two words. Is not. Most of us think, oh, I'm supposed to be happy. You're here, husband, wife, children, boss, job, car. You're all here to make me happy. Job, here to make me happy. I'm supposed to be happy at my job. And that is, not the, that is just not true. Happiness is not the goal, the only goal of emotional health. The full range of emotions is part of our design. And those emotions need to be acknowledged and expressed in healthy ways. And while I think inside out probably overemphasizes the importance of emotions in human motivation interaction, the movie does help us understand how emotions make up a major part of why we do what we do. I, begin to, I began, as I watched this movie, I'm like, oh man, I, I, I watch my own motivations that sometimes I'm not sure why I do what I do. But when, when we start to really look deeply at our emotions, we find out, oh, now I see what I'm doing. And I see why I'm doing what I'm doing. All of us have emotions. But when we interact on an emotional level, when we let emotions lead us, when we make decisions, listen, based on our emotions, it, anything can happen. Watch, watch this family dinner scene. Watch this. So, as it turns out, the green trash can is not recycling. It's for greens, like compost and eggshells. Mm. And the blue one is recycling. And the black one is Riley is acting so weird. Why is she acting so weird? What do you expect? All the islands are down. Joy would know what to do. That's it. Until she gets back, we just do what Joy would do. Great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? Mm. Hey, Riley, I've got good news. I found a junior hockey league right here in San Francisco, and get this, tryouts are tomorrow after school. What luck, right? Hockey? Uh-oh, what do we do? Guys, uh, th th this, uh, here, you, you pretend to be Joy. Wouldn't it be great to be back out on the ice? Oh yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> what was that? That wasn't anything like Joy. Uh, because I'm not Joy? Yeah, no kidding. Did you guys pick up on that? Uh-huh. Mm, sure Something's wrong. Should we ask her? Let's probe, but keep it subtle so she doesn't notice. So, how was the first day of school? She's probing us. I'm done. You pretend to be Joy. What? Okay. Um, hmm. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, very smooth. That was just like Joy. Something is definitely going on. She's never acted like this before. What should we do? We're going to find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Ahem. <laughs> Uh-oh, she's looking at us. Uh, what did she say? What? 
Oh, uh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Uh, he's making that stupid face again. I could strangle him right now! Signal him again. Ah, <laughs> so, Riley, how was school? Oh, are you kidding me? For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? Boo! I'll be joy. School was great, all right? Riley, is everything okay? <sighs> Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. What is her deal? All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. <gasps> no, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, okay? No, 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 stay happy! What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen? DEFCON 2. Listen, young lady, I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Come and get it! Yeah, well, well... Here it comes. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. That's it. Go to your room. Now. Foot is down. The foot is down. Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. <laughs> Come, fly with me, Gachinha. <sighs> yeah. Here's what happens when we lead with emotion. We've all done it. We want to say you're being emotional. It happens. Now, kids, this one's for you. I have this on the front here. Because as Christians, we value emotions. I said that again. I want to say it again. Value emotions. Here's why. It's for you. On the front here, emotions are a part of how God designed us to worship him. Fill that in. How God designed us to worship him. He's designed us to worship him with our emotions. The problem is our emotions don't line up with what he's wanting in our lives. And I'm gonna talk about a little bit about that this morning. Emotions are so huge to discipleship, to becoming more like Jesus, getting our emotions into alignment with his. Because, again, it's how we love God. Look at the way Jesus expresses this in Mark chapter 12. He says this. You need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. He's saying, listen, all of you is involved in this. Loving God is not just with my words. How many of you have ever been loved with words but not with actions? Right? Well, I, I, well or, or actions but not words. Or... Or not actions and not words, but, well, I love you. I married you, didn't I? You see? We are supposed to express our love toward one another, but specifically, look at the way Jesus points it out. All your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul. He says everything about you is about how we're supposed to worship and love God. Now, emotions, again, are vital to discipleship because emotions are the gauge by which we expose the stuff that we value, the stuff that we say is important, the stuff that we say we desire. 
Emotions reveal our heart's desires. So imagine, if you will, your personal count, your console. What does your console look like? Let's again, this, this movie just gives us five distinct emotions. We have far more than that. But what does your console look like? Who's in control of your console? And who's been pressing buttons on your console? Right? Joy is expressed when we receive something we value. Disgust is vented if we don't value it. Can't believe they gave me that for my birthday. Or you got some people, oh, oh, I love this. See, these are the things that that we express. Sadness reveals itself if we've lost something that we want. And you have anger shows up when we perceive a threat to the thing that we say that we want. Fear has a similar reaction. And all of these emotions... All of these emotions are just the colorful expressions of our heart's desires. I love the colors that they chose. Disgust is green. Fear is purple. Sadness, you're feeling blue. Sunshine, joy. I I, I just go, oh, there's so many colors going on. Most times it's just a hodgepodge of colors inside of me. Until I bring those feelings and those emotions into alignment. Because God created God created us, and and better said, he designed us with hearts to desire what he desires. We were created to find joy in what he finds joy in, to be disgusted by what offends him, to be saddened by what grieves him, to be angered by what irritates him. This, This is the way we were made, to fear the things that he defines, that he identifies as threatening. And this is your last blank, folks. This is the last one. Our desires and the emotions expressed by them worship God as they imitate his desires. I want you to hear this. When we align our emotions, our emotions will worship God. The problem is that our emotions are not aligned with the things of God. The, it's, a, it's a huge misconnect a disconnect. The main interference in all of this is that my heart, at least, I don't know about yours, but my heart is inclined to find joy in the stuff God hates. I want to do that. I don't want you to do that. Well, I want to do that, and I don't want anybody to tell me different. I have opinions, darn it. Nobody asked for your opinion. Well, I'm going to air it anyway. We're supposed to be disgusted by, uh, we're supposed to be disgusted by those things. He says, that's offensive to me, but instead... We look at the stuff that he says is good and go, eh, I don't want to. We're supposed to, be, we're supposed to move away from those things. But the thing is, we're inclined to be fearful of the things that Jesus says brings life. Why is that? Jesus says, listen to this, you want life? Lose your life. I'm afraid to lose my life. You want to be great? Be the servant of all. I don't want to be the servant of all. We move away from the things Jesus, this is where life is. I I don't know. I'm afraid of that. That's weakness. Our emotions are corrupted. Our emotions are corrupted by our fallen condition. That's called sin, by the way. We've all got this problem. Every single one of us. There's another one at the control board, at that console going, let's just do what we want to do. Unfortunately for me anyway, I don't know about you, I gotta, I gotta get him away from the console. 
I gotta keep him away from the console. That's why we're called to turn away from those things. By the way, if you want to know how to fix your personal problem with sin, how to be set free, how a, a way to a, what to do with that, come talk to me after service. I would love to talk to you about that. Or talk to the person that you're sitting with today. God made a way for us to deal with that thing that's corrupting us, sin. We need to be rescued by Jesus. He's the only one who ever managed his emotions perfectly. He glorified God by valuing what God valued. Open your Bibles to the good news of Matthew, please. Come on with me to the New Testament. It's, you have, if you have your app, you can open up your Bible through your app. So that's all there. Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to start reading in verse 36. And I want you to see an incredible picture it's, it's an incredible, stirring description of Jesus walking through his emotions with obedience. I, I have to tell you, again, when I get emotional, and wait till you read some of the emotions Jesus is going to go through. When I get emotional, obedience tends to go out the window. Anybody? When I lead with my emotion, I, obedience isn't it. But watch what Jesus does when the emotions are stirring. Watch this. Jesus is in this garden called Gethsemane, and he goes to an olive grove, and he says to, he says to his disciples, he says, sit here while I go over there to pray. And he takes Peter and James and John, and he becomes, listen to this, anguished and distressed. Everybody on the page? Jesus is feeling deeply. Those are deep words. Anguish and distress. He tells him, my soul, listen to this, is crushed with grief. Anybody feeling the emotions yet? To the point of death. So stay here and keep watch with me. He goes on a little farther, and he bows his face to the ground praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. And yet, watch the alignment, here it comes. I want your will to be done, not mine. Listen to how he aligned his emotions. He's feeling anguish, distressed. He's feeling grief. And he says, not my will, but yours. Do you know what happens when I start to feel anguish and distressed? You know what happens for me? I start to medicate. What do you guys do? I start to get the pain. I try to push the pain away. It can be food. It can be shopping. Sometimes looking at stuff on the internet we shouldn't be looking at. Sometimes dreaming away about the, uh, the Brazilian helicopter pilot. I try to push pain away. But you know what Jesus does when he's feeling pain? Not my will, but yours be done. I want you to see the alignment here. I want you to see the alignment Jesus makes. He then returns to the disciples. He finds them asleep. Can't you watch with me? Listen to the disappointment. Here's another emotion. Can't you even watch with me for an hour? Keep watch, pray, that you're not given to temptation because the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus leaves him for a second time. He prays, Father, if this cup, there's anguish again of suffering, right? There's sadness again, right? Can be taken away unless I drink it. Your will be done. Look, he aligns it again. Your will be done. He's feeling deeply, but he keeps coming back. Your will be done. When he returns to them again, he finds them asleep. Couldn't keep their eyes open. You bunch of losers, now I'm getting angry. I'm the one about to die. You guys can't even be awake. See, that's, that's what's happening on my console. What's happening in Jesus? Watch this. 
He goes away to pray a third time. He's feeling all these things. And rather than lashing out at his disciples, rather than chewing them out, what would you, what would you do? You ask your best friends to, hey, get my back, would you? And then they do that. What do you do? I'll tell you what I do. When I'm not aligned like Jesus, I lash out. I get angry. Why you ah, good for nothings? And I, right? What does he do? He goes away to pray again. And what does he pray? He goes away a third time saying the same things. Your will be done. He comes back to the disciples. Says, you know what? Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. The time has come. I'm about to be betrayed. Let's get going. My betrayer's here. Look how Jesus aligned himself. This is the kind of discipleship we need. When when, when I want to lead with emotions, I have to say, no, your will be done. While this movie is, again, incredibly creative, and it portrays the dynamics of how emotions work, it's really unable to show their, their in ultimate significance. Emotions are good indicators of what we're wanting, but did you know that we're called to trust God with our wants? Right? I'm feeling these things, but God says, yeah, give those over to me. I want all these things. Give me your wants. Let's align those things. Your will be done. Here's some questions I want to encourage you to think about this week as you experience emotions. And I want you to ask yourself these questions. You will make a big mistake if you ask someone else these questions, right? Ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Do not ask someone else. So what are you feeling right now? They will go, right? You start asking other people, they're going to go up and say, don't criticize me, man. Don't analyze me, man. What, what, am, what, what are these emotions I'm feeling? Anger, sadness, disappointment, jealousy. I, I say it all the time. Disappointment is the result of failed expectations. Is that what I'm feeling right now? Second, we need to recognize what these emotions are wanting. We've got to ask ourselves, what does my anger show that I'm desiring right now? Why am I getting this way? What, what's being coming up inside of me? And last week, we need to trust God with our desires. We've got to ask ourselves, how does God want me to trust him with the things that I'm wanting? I've often wondered if when we get to heaven, we'll be able to better understand the sweeping landscape of Jesus' emotions and his mind, his thoughts, as he experienced the world as one of us. Because I don't know how he did that in Matthew. I don't know how he accomplished that. The disappointment, the fear, the anguish, the grief, the distress. And just went, but your will be done. I'm like, ha, how do you do that? Keeping those emotions in constant alignment. And while inside out scratches the surface of answering the question why we do what we do, it really, for me, whets the appetite to see what the expression of good emotional health really looks like. In 2009, we did a series, a 12-week series, actually, called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It was a book by a guy named Peter Scazzaro. You may want to take your camera out right now and go, here's why. Because it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Let me say it again for those of you who can't read the screen. It is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Get the book. 
do yourself a favor. It's a tremendous book. Because I want to be mature. I want to grow up in God. Well, you can't grow up in God until you get some of these physical emotions, these emotions in check. So we went through the series, and they used the picture of an iceberg because they said typically what we get to see of one another is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more of us beneath the surface. Everybody follow that? A great picture. And so we went beneath the surface to transform our emotional, our emotional selves so that we could transform our spiritual selves. This is one of my favorite quotes from this book. Peter Schizero says this, ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. And you know how many times people have said this? Don't be so emotional. That's not right. Not, not when God, God made us that way. God gave us these emotions. Listen to me. Don't be led by your emotions unless, listen, unless they are aligned. Look how Jesus aligned. Your will be done. You can be led by that. But ignoring our emotions, you know, don't be so emotional. Why are you always crying? Why are you always laughing? Why are you always so happy? Why are you always... Ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality. And that reality is where we meet God. Emotions are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. You don't know what you're feeling? Get in touch with your emotions. Bring those into alignment with God, and you'll go, oh, now I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Now I know why I feel what I feel. Emotions give a, a voice to the heart. I don't know what's going on right now. I just, listen to this phrase, mixed emotions. I, I feel so many different things right now. That's a bad time to make decisions. Disappointed in my marriage, disappointed with my job, sad about this or what. And then we make decisions in that moment rather than like Jesus saying, but I'm feeling all these things. I'm experiencing all these things, but your will be done. Because my marriage isn't going to fulfill me. My job isn't going to fulfill me. My kids aren't going to fulfill me. My relationships aren't going to fulfill me. My paycheck's not going to fulfill me. All the money that I have is not going to bring any fulfillment. Nothing on the planet. That's why it's so important to align the emotions. Let me pray. Father, it is with anticipation that we desire to worship you this morning. And in worshiping you, we must align our emotions. That's how we worship you. And we'll do that with song this morning. We long to worship you in spirit and in truth with these words. But it's not just words that you want. You want more. You want more of us. I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, as we, as we sing these songs and as we align our hearts to the truth of your word, thy will be done. I pray that as we worship you, you would restore us. Let us gain control of that console that oftentimes is so chaotic. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just feeling my way along and just pressing whatever button comes up. I pray we would be people as Christians, as followers of Jesus, who would start even this morning by saying, thy will be done. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Let it be done.